Are you ready to hear the word this morning? Look at all of this junk I have. But I have my sword. You got your sword with you this morning? Do you? That that is awesome. I'm so glad. I'll tell you what. uh, Chad Everett. He made the quote last Saturday when we went to a men's conference. Several men from the church went. And he made the quote, and I, and I love that. And he said, note takers are world changers. And I don't know if that's true 100%. It's probably not true 100%. But I'll tell you what I do know in my life, uh, it makes a tremendous difference when I take notes. Don't have to be anything fancy. It can be a, it can be a napkin. It can be a piece of paper. It can be anything in front of you. But, and, and of course, you know you can't hang on every word, although you should, right? Right? Hang on every word. But, but you can't do that. Uh, but what, what I do encourage you to do, you know, as throughout the sermon, when you hear a spiritual truth or a word or something that, that kind of tweaks inside of you, uh, that's what you want to make a note of. Because that is the Holy Spirit tapping on your heart. That's him knocking on your heart and showing you something that can help you. I mentioned last week, once again, that I didn't have, I don't expect you to remember everything about the sermon, but if you would just take one spiritual truth a week, you would have 52 spiritual truths. Okay, you don't come every Sunday. You'll have 45 spiritual truths in your life to implement into your life, right? Absolutely. And how many, we all know that one spiritual truth, if it's activated and alive in our life, it can change our life. Just one spiritual. Just think of where our families would be, where our countries would be today if we had these spiritual truths inside of us. Just think. Oh, my. We would be doing some mighty, miraculous things for God. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do praise you and we worship you and we just thank you for who you are. Father, we just give all glory and honor unto you. Father, I just pray, Father, I may be a yielded vessel of you. I will speak your truths and your word, Father. And Father, we just praise and we thank you, Father, for every heart to be open, every mind to be open, and that these words will penetrate and be active in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. The title of today's sermon is, Are You a Believer? Are you a believer? Now, wait just a minute now. Don't, don't be too quick. There are different types of believers, you know. Yeah. You know, last week we talked about, we looked at the hindrances in prayer. And the title of the message was Two-Faced. And we've, and that, we've got that on CD out there. And if, uh, and if you missed any of these Sundays, I encourage you to get that. Because we've been talking about prayer. And there's lots of good spiritual truths concerning prayer. But the title of the message was two-faced. Two-faced with our words. When we say one thing to God, but then we turn around to our friends and our neighbors and we say something else. We say one thing on Sunday morning, and then Monday morning when we get to work, we say something completely different. And we looked in James 1, 7, it says, don't let a double-minded man expect to receive anything from God. And can you imagine how that has to break God's heart for him to have these blessings, these promises for us to walk in, and, and, and we can't walk in them. 
And I mentioned that that should get the attention of every believer when it says, let this man not receive anything from God. That should get all of our attention. And we should all want to know what is it that this man did that caused him to receive nothing from God. He might be saved, he might not be saved, but a double-minded man will receive nothing from God. But today we're talking about, are you a believer? And I'm not talking about the salvation experience. I'm not talking about whether you're a child of God or whether you're not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about believing God's word and the spiritual truths that are found in God's word. Because I'll just be real honest with you. I, I know believers, children of God, that have gone astray and they're in a mess today. We claim to be a Christian nation, but this nation has gotten off track. Many would say that this is a believing nation, but I'll tell you what, this nation is off track. So, so there's a difference in being a believer, being a child of God, being forgiven of your sins, and being a believer of God's Word and the spiritual truths that are taught in God's Word. There's a difference there. And, and this is what I really want you to get right off the bat. And we can see this. I could preach two or three weeks just on this. That whether it's the children of Israel or if it's the body of Christ today, we believers, we Christians, the children of Israel, us Gentiles, we have a part to say. We have something to say about the blessings of God being manifested in our lives and in our country. Now, I've heard time and time again, well, if it's God's will, it'll happen. No, 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 no. That is not biblical. God's ultimate plan for the end times will be manifested. But we can change the course of this country. We can change the course of our lives. We can change the course of our children. Would anybody pray if they didn't think it would change the course of, or the situations around them? You know, I'll tell you what, if I didn't think it mattered, I wouldn't be here today. Let me ask you this. If you didn't think it mattered, would you go to work tomorrow? If you didn't think it mattered, they'll, oh, they'll send you a check anyway. Oh, they'll, you know, you, you'll, you, you'll have your insurance. You can keep your insurance. <laughs> you know, would, would, you go, would you go to work? Would you, what would you do if you really didn't think nothing would matter? But it does matter. We can change things when we go to pray, when we go to prayer, when we, when we do things that line up with God's spiritual truths, we can change things. So I want to show you today that how we can become not just a child of God, but we can become a believer, a believer in his spiritual truths, a believer in his word. So we got to understand that the blessings of God are not automatic. The love of God is automatic. You can't outrun it. You can't hide from it. There's nothing you can do to get away from the love of God. But his blessings are different. Okay? And I could elaborate on that, but I, I don't think I really have time, and that's kind of another, another sermon. 
So we know, we looked here just a few weeks ago, we looked at where the scripture says that we live, we basically what it means is we live in a fallen world. And the devil is the God of this world, meaning a little g. And that means that we will have struggles in this world. We will have obstacles, we'll have situations, we'll have things in this world that will mess, us up, mess things up, right? We, we know that. But God has given us a way that we can have chaos on the outside, but peace on the inside right? God has given us a way where things can literally be falling apart around us, but he will in, uh, lift us up on the inside, right? And that's why we read in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, the just shall live by faith. Talking about the justified shall live. The Gentiles, if you are a believer, if you are a child of God, God expects us to live by faith. You were saved by grace, God's grace, and your faith. If you paid your tithes this morning, you've done that out of obedience and out of faith. You did that. That's the way you did. You showed up this morning because of faith that you have inside of you. I've already mentioned that, that we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And the way we get out of the world is by our faith. And it's not some hocus pocus stuff. It's simply based on the word of God that just chooses that we need, we choose to put our trust in something that's more powerful and more substantial than the things we see with our eyes. And that is the word of God. It'll never change. It'll always be the same. The earth will pass away, but it'll still be there. You will die, it'll still be there. Your children will die, but it'll still be there. Your grandchildren will die, but it'll still be there. But still, the things of God, they're not automatic. Salvation's not automatic. God wants everyone to be saved, but it's not automatic. You've got to have God's grace and our faith. Now, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Ezekiel 33. We're going to look at what the prophet says here just briefly. Ezekiel 33, 30. And he's prophesying about the coming of Christ and then what will happen after the coming of Christ. Ezekiel 33, 30. And it says, the son of man, your people, and he actually says, son of man, so he's prophesying, he's speaking ahead in history. Your people talk about you in their houses and whisper about you at the door. They say to each other, come on, let's go here and the prophet will tell us what the Lord is saying. Verse 31, it says, so my people will come pretending to be sincere and sit before you. Now remember, he's not talking about, he's not talking about Rob Greenwald. He's talking about the Son of Man. He's talking about people coming before and sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now let's go ahead and, and read. I, I, I've heard people say, well, if Jesus would just speak to me. Jesus speaks to you all the time if you'll open his word. Man, I really thought that would do better than that. I really did. I had arrows pointing up on my notes right there that everybody would break loose. 
not really. But it says they have no intention of doing what you say. Their mouths are full of lustful words, and their hearts seek only after money. Verse 32, you are very entertaining to them like someone who sings love songs with a beautiful voice and plays fine instruments, uh, fine music on an instrument. Then it says, and they hear what you say, but they don't act upon it. Notice that. They hear what you say, but they don't act upon it. And let me tell you, here today, there will be people sitting here that will hear the spiritual truths being taught and have been taught the last several weeks, and they'll implement them in their life. And it will change them. It will change their, their lives. It'll change the people's lives around them. On that note, I asked Jay, raise your hand up real quick, Jay. I asked Jay here, he just got saved two, two weeks ago. And I asked him, I said, what was the turning point? When did your eyes start to be open? And he says, when he went to work and started working with his brother, Justin, that got saved about two months ago. You see? <clears throat> Now, this really has nothing to do with them. What it has to do with, if we will get a hold of spiritual truths and act upon them, it will change those people's lives around us. It will change them. They won't, they won't know exactly what's going on, but they'll just know, hey, that guy is different. Now, some probably think you're different anyway, but they'll think that you're different in a good way. That's right, in a good way. So notice it says, they hear what he said, but they didn't act upon it. See, that, that's where it comes to our part. We got to act upon it. So the question is, are you a believer? Are you an actor? See, that believer, that is action. You have to do something. If you're a believer, you've got to do something. You can't just sit there. We, we got to do something to be a believer, Right? Amen. Amen. Hebrews 4, if you got your Bibles, turn to Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, are you a believer? Hebrews 4, 1. Hebrews 4, 1, I'm reading in the New Living Translation on this morning. And it says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. Remember, God's promises don't change. His words don't change, right? His word does not change. And this just confirms it once again. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. And that's talking to all of mankind. Okay? So let's read on. So, but that's important to know that. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Notice that. So it's, we already seen that God's promises of entering his rest, they're true. But still, just because the promises of God are true does not mean everybody's going to enter the end of that. So let's go on. Verse 2. And it says, for this good news, talking about the promise of God and the scriptures and the work done on the cross... That God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. Just like it was to everybody else. It's for everybody. Now notice this. 
But it did them no good. Because they didn't share that faith of those who listened to God. Now, that's the New Living. The New American Standard says, it says that because they didn't mix the Word of God with their faith, it did them no good at all. Not at all. So we can come every Sunday and we can hear the Word of God. We can hear the spiritual truth. But if we don't take that and hide that in our heart and let that soak in, it won't do us no good. We'll be the same when we leave as when we came in. We'll be the same uh, on Monday morning, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We'll be the same t- week after week after week. And, the, and America will be full of dead churches. I don't like dead churches. I think it's a disgrace to God. It's a disgrace to his power, to his love, to his mercy. It's a disgrace to the cross. I don't like dead churches. I endeavor not to pastor a dead church. But it's only through his word that that happens. So we can see by these scriptures that when it comes to walking in the things of God, we have a part to play. We have a responsibility. So the question is, are are you a believer? Are we a believer? Not just in Jesus Christ, but are we a believer in the spiritual truths and the Word of God? That's the big question. That's the big question. Okay, let, let, let me put it like this. It might not be the big question the day, you know, uh, the, the moment, the second you die, because, you know, you're going to go and be with, heaven, be with God if you're a born-again child of God. But let me tell you who it's going to affect. It's going to affect all the people around you, right? And we're all about reaching, teaching, and serving, Right? So if you want to do something for this church and for the body of Christ, if you want to do something for God himself, activate these things in your life. If you will activate them in your life, God will empower you and he will strengthen you to do things you could never do on your own. I think you know that. I think you do. You know, there's, there's no way in the world, and I've mentioned this before, we should never try to muster up our faith on our own. How many has tried to do that? I have many times. Okay, I'm going to pray really, really. No, this time I really am going to pray really, really. No, really, this time, no, I'm really serious, God. This time I'm really going to. Well, see, that's, that, that's, that's not what we should do. What we do is go to the Word of God and digest the Word of God and read the Word of God. And when we do that, faith cometh by? And hearing by the? Then it becomes automatic. If you'll spend 15 minutes in the the Word of God a day, which is minimal, if you'll spend that much in the Word of God a day, you will walk different, talk different, act different, and your wife will love you. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) So how do we get there? How do we get there? I closed on this last week, but I didn't feel like I gave it enough of time. If you got your Bibles, Mark 11, 23 and 11, 24. How do we get there? How do we get from where we are to being a believer in the promises of God and a believer in 
in the Word of God and what Hebrews eleven six says, we must believe that He is, right? And that He is a rewarder of those that seek Him. We, that's where, how do we get there? Mark eleven twenty three and eleven twenty four. This is a New American Standard Version. It says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain... Notice that whoever says to this mountain. Now, this is talking about obstacles in our life. It's what it's talking about. And those obstacles, they could be all kinds of things. They could be a addiction. They could be unforgiveness. They could be heartache. They could be uh, greedy. It could be hard-heartedness. It could be lust. It could be pornography. Whatever is standing in your way. From walking in the things and the promises of God, that is a mountain it's talking about. And notice what it says. It says to speak to that. I'll tell you. So we have, to, we have to get over this mentality of name it and claim it because I am not talking about name it and claim it. I'm not talking about what you want. I'm talking about what God's word says. If we can just quit talking about what, what we want to say and start talking about what God's word says, it will change our life. You do remember... And then in the book of James, it says our tongue is like a rudder. It directs our life. The rudder of a ship, right? And if we will speak God's word, if we'll know God's word and speak it, it will change the course of our life. It's like a bit, right? So I don't want to hear about, oh, you're one of them name it and claim it. No, I'm not. I'm, a, I'm about speaking the word of God and not being two-faced. Not being two-faced on, say one thing on Sunday and another thing on Monday. That's two-faced. That's double-minded. Don't expect to receive nothing if you're double-minded. Okay. They have, a, they have a saying in AA and NA, and they say, fake it till you make it. Well, let me tell you. When it comes to biblical things, if you will speak that, what the Word of God says, if you will speak that with your mouth, those words will penetrate your heart, even if you don't believe it yet. Those words will penetrate your heart, and they will take root. They will go down in there. And the next thing you know, you'll be believing what you say. It's true. Let me ask you this. How many of you guys have ever... And ladies both have used to run around with some characters. Yeah. How many of you guys, the characters attend this church now? Yeah. 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 Well, you know, here, here's what I figured out. And I, I've known people like this. They have told the same lie for so long that they start to believe it. Anybody, does anybody know people? You just know people like that? Huh? You just do, don't you? Well, this is what the Lord showed me a few years ago. You know what? The same thing works for the truth. The same thing works for God's Word. If you will speak his, God's Word out, even if you don't believe it on Monday, if you keep speaking it, there's just a matter of time before you're going to start believing what you're speaking. Remember that bit in the horse's mouth? It's guiding you. Remember that rudder on the ship? It'll change the direction of your life. It will direct you. But it all hinges on speaking God's word and not how we feel 
and everything else. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, it says that life and death, now notice this, life and death is in the power of the tongue. That's pretty pretty bold, isn't it? Not just direction, not just left or right or front or back, but life and death is in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18.21 basically says the same thing. It says life and death is in the power of the tongue. So the question this morning, are you a believer? Are you a believer in the word of God enough that you will speak it over your situations? Will you say the same thing on Sunday as you did on Monday? One more, one more scripture. I'm almost done. Stay with me just for a minute. Well, we're at 11.23. Let's maybe go ahead and read that. Mark 11.23, it says, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain or this obstacle in front of you, be taken up and cast in the sea. In other words, get out of the way, obstacle, whatever it is, and does not doubt in his heart. Of course, that's very, very important. But the more you speak God's word, the more anybody hears God's word, the more they hear about Jesus, the closer they come to being saved. They say, and it goes on to say, believe in his heart that what is going to happen. Verse 24 says, therefore I say to you, all things which you pray and ask, notice that, pray and ask, and you have, the receipt, you have received them, they will be granted unto you. So it's really about the obstacles and you speaking God's word over those obstacles. So that shows us the importance, just basically the importance of us speaking with our mouth. Romans 10, 8, 9, 10, if you've got your Bibles. Classic scripture. Romans 10, 8, 9, 10. You might have even, you might have got saved by this scripture. But it shows us once again the power of our words. Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you. That's talking about the word of God. The word of God is near you in your mouth. So it's not about naming and claiming it. It's about the word of God being in your mouth. And it goes on to say, and in your heart. It's got to be two places. You can't say that you are a believer, but, ne- but very rarely go to church and v- never pay your tithes and not forgive anybody and be f- your life be full of sin. You can't say you're a believer if all of these things are in your life. You might be, a, you might be born again, and you might not. Let's go on. Verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth, notice once again, with the mouth, talking about the born-again experience, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And verse 10, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. And it says, for with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness. Now notice this. But with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. It's not enough to say, I believe, I believe, I believe. 
You got to speak it. You got to speak it. You got to speak it. And if we will speak the word of God, it's so powerful. It's so strong. It will penetrate our heart and there will be a day where we will have faith inside of us for what we've been speaking. Amen. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do worship you this morning. We praise you today, Father, for all that you do. Father, I just pray, Father, for this word that I've stuttered through and mumbled through, and I just pray, O oh Lord, that you will take these words and they'll penetrate hearts and minds, and that they'll move in their life, and they'll walk in the things that you have prepared for us. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is where everything starts. That's where everything in your life starts to turn. I'll never forget the day that I received Christ. If, if you're born, born again, if you receive Jesus into your heart, I'm sure you remember the day that you did. And I'll never forget. It's when everything started changing in my life. It's when I finally seen, I finally realized that I don't have to live like this. I finally realized I don't have to be in bondage every day of the week. And I finally realized that I can make choices for myself instead of the world making choices for me. And if you've never experienced that, I encourage you to do so. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and forgive you, let me tell you, that is not what God wants. See, God wants you to be his child. And it's not about your past. See, what God is all about, our future. And primarily, our eternity. So if you've never received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand real quick so I can see you, so I can pray for you. Is there anybody here today? Just raise your hand. We won't, we won't take but just a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. On Wednesday night, we just finished up with a with a, a, just a really a good study on prayer that Fred Mooney has has been teaching some uh, curriculum from Bill Heibel. And I want to share some of the ideas concerning prayer that was brought out in that curriculum. And this is for believers. What I'm telling you right now, this is for believers. They had examples on there. When you, need, when you read the newspaper, pray over the events that you see. Especially if you're reading the Wayne County paper and you come to page two, pray over those people, will you please? You know what? One of these days I'm, I'm just going to ask. One of these days I'm going to ask, not to embarrass anybody, but give God the glory. One of these days I'm just going to ask how many people attend Orchardville Church that was one day on page two of the Wayne County Press. I see lots of hands going up. 
Hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what God does. He changes us. So there's an idea. When you read when you read the paper, pray over the events. When you're on Facebook, pray for the people. Pray for them. If you read a post or something, you pray for them. Especially if, 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 you know, if they're having a bad day. And you can usually tell when people are having a bad day on Facebook, right? Pray for them. When you commute to and from work, pray for the events of the day. Pray that somehow, some way, God will use you. Somehow, some way, you'll speak words of encouragement into a dark world. Pray over your schedule and the people that you can possibly influence throughout the day. Pray for the individuals that you meet on the road. Pray for the individuals that you meet at Sitco or wherever, whatever direction you travel. Pray for those people when you come in contact with them. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, I wouldn't recommend in sick, walking in Sitco and falling on the floor praying for the whole place. I wouldn't recommend that. And th- this is the one that I, that I realized a long time ago. God honors one-liner prayers. God honors that. You don't have to have five minutes. You don't have to have two minutes. But you do have to believe it in your heart and speak it with your mouth. So if you have a need this morning, uh, please come. And really what I want to do, I want you to come. If you have, whether it's relatives, if you have, if you know of a need around you, whether it's in your home, whether it's at work, whatever the case, the schools, the teachers, the bus drivers, anywhere, just, just come forward. Come forward and pray for them. But, and I have those that I'm going to pray for myself. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.